And welcome back to The Word Encounter, episode 120. Uh, on this day, we return to a little bit of gloominess, not like it was a couple days ago, and certainly not like it was yesterday, but it's a glorious day because we're here. Uh, we concluded the book of Ecclesiastes yesterday, and we're going to pick it up with the Song of Songs today, sometimes referred to as the Song of Solomon. And uh, in one of my Bibles, the, introdu the introduction to this book, I find to be very well written, so I'm just going to read what it says here. It says, Song of Songs is a book that is often misunderstood, misapplied, or simply unread. It is the lover's song, a story about God's love applied to human relationships. God wants that love expressed in romantic relationships. Therefore, Solomon is allowed to bring in a man and a woman on their journey to and in their marriage. His telling includes the physical part of their union, which is something that God himself endorses. The Song of Songs is a very tender, touching, and yes, sensual book given to us so that we can understand not only how we can relate to God, but how he wants us to relate to one another within the context of marriage. God doesn't shy away from these matters, so since uh, God gave us this book, let's find out what he has to say about tenderness, care, and love as a reflection of his kingdom relationship with us. The Song of Songs is a very sensual book, very sexual book in some instances, and for that reason, it makes some people uncomfortable. Uh, it flies in the face of this idea that a lot of people have with regard to God as far as being, you know, kind of prudish and tight and, and, and uncool or whatever. That's not God at all. That's just because they're ignorant of what's in the Word. And that ignorance can come from people who have dedicated their lives to God because they haven't studied God necessarily in His totality. And so... <clears throat> It can be uncomfortable on a couple levels. One I just explained. There's another level, and the one I find myself sometimes being uncomfortable with. And that is that this is a book of analogies as well. It analogizes the relationship of, uh, of the love and tenderness between a man and a woman in the context of marriage. But it is an analogy to God's relationship with his children, us. And so when it talks about these intimacies between a man and a woman, it's also talking about the intimacies of our relationship, God to his children. And so we hear the term, uh, the bride of Christ and whatnot. And what that means is that, you know, Christ is essentially the husband and his church is the bride. And they have this intimate uh, marriage-like relationship. I'm a man, obviously, you know, and so I get a little uncomfortable uh, being referred to as a bride, but that's what, that's how it's analogized. So it is what it is. And so it, when I, when I read some of the, the, the text and, 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 and analogize it uh, in the context of God and his children, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable because it talks about, you know, the kind of intimacies that, it, um, that exist between a man and a woman. But, like I said, it is what it is. And so with that, let's get on with the Song of Songs in chapter 1. The woman says, Oh, that he would kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for, you, uh, for your caresses are more delightful than wine. See? Now, in, as we go through, we got to keep in mind that the man 
is uh, in the analogy is essentially godlike, and the woman is like the church. Okay. <laughs> then it says um, in verse two, no, in verse three, the fragrance of your perfume is intoxicating. This is still a woman talking, or in common or, or today's language, we would say the fragrance of your cologne is intoxicating. Your name, uh, your name is cologne poured out. No wonder young women adore you. Take me with you. Let's hurry. Oh, that the king would bring me to his chambers. What, what happens in the king's chambers? You, you, you use your imagination. Verse 5, this is the woman talking again. Um, Daughters of Jerusalem, I am dark like the tents of Kedar, yet lovely like the uh, curtains of Solomon. Okay, let's stop there for a second. So she says, I am dark like the tents of Kedar. Now, depending on how you interpret this, um, a lot of people will interpret this as dark as in very, very tanned, and some will interpret it as dark as in being of African uh, descent. And so either way we swing, we can't lose the meaning of what's being said here. <laughs> Verse 6, do not stare at me because I am dark. See? And so the woman is dark, Either she's very tanned or she, as, uh, she's from African descent, or we would call black. And uh, she's amongst those that are much fairer than she is. So she says, do not stare at me because I am dark, for the sun has gazed on me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me take care of the vineyards. I have not taken care of my own vineyard. Now, what does this mean? That means that her mother's sons, which would be, I guess, her brothers or half-brothers, made her take care of the vineyards, made her stay out there in the sun. And uh, she has not taken care of her own skin, her own tone, her own whatever. And so she's saying, don't stare at me. Okay, verse 7. Tell me, you whom I love, where do you pasture your sheep? Where do you let them rest at noon? Why should I be like the one who veils herself besides the flocks of your companions? Now, when, when it says, why should I be like the one who veils herself, uh, this is in reference to in some interpretations, this is in reference to prostitutes. Okay, she's saying, why should I be like a prostitute uh, beside the flocks of your companions? You know, where do you uh, pasture your sheep? Where can I go and be safe, essentially? And the man responds, if you do not know, most beautiful of women, follow the tracks of the flock and pasture your young goats near the shepherd's tents. And so the man, i.e. God, is telling you know, his, his, his wife-to-be or the woman or his children, God's children, where to go in order to be safe. See, what you should do in order to be safe. So he's telling her what to do. In verse 9, he says, I compare you, my darling, to a mare among Pharaoh's chariots. Your cheeks are beautiful with jewelry. Your neck is its necklace. We will make gold jewelry of you accented with silver. So the man is telling his woman how beautiful you are, how I'm going to adorn you, how I'm going to take care of you because you are so lovely to me. Analogize that to God. He's telling his church, his children, how beautiful we are to him, how he's going to shepherd and take care of us. The woman says in verse 12, while the king is on his couch, my perfume releases its fragrance. The one I love is a sachet of murder to me. A sachet being a pouch is a pouch of sweet-smelling stuff to me. <laughs> Spending the night between my breasts. Whoa, what does that mean? The one I love, 
Okay, this is the woman talking. The man I love is a statute of murder to me. God's telling his children. The children that I love are a sweet aroma to me. Spending the night between my breasts. What does that mean? And so, in other words, we are very intimate with each other. And so God is saying that my children are to be very intimate with me. We go on. The man says, oh God, in uh, verse 15, how beautiful you are, my darling. Uh, how very beautiful your eyes are doves. Sometimes we look at ourselves and all we see is the ugliness that exists in us. And God doesn't see us that way. And so the man is telling his woman how beautiful she is to him. And the woman says in verse 16, how handsome you are, my love. How delightful our bed is verdant. What is verdant? Or verdant means like a lush greenness uh, uh, symbolizing um, um, how fertile things are and how lush and beautiful things are. Verse 17, the beams of our house are cedars and our rafters are cypresses. And so she's describing how wonderful this outdoor space is for us. Let's go on to, um, to chapter two. And it says, um, the woman says, I am, a wild I am a wildflower of Sharon, or a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. Now, the rose of Sharon, or the wildflower of Sharon, and the lily uh, of the valleys in Israel, very, very common, extremely common. So this is how the man responds after she says, this is what I am. He says in verse 2, like a lily among thorns, so is my darling among the young women. You know, and he says, he's essentially saying, common? Just common? Oh, no, 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 no. You are a lily amongst thorns. In other words, if you're a lily, then everything around you is substandard to you. See, so, so is my darling uh, among the young women. And so, he, he, you know, he's calling her out of the common. He's calling her out, out of uh, the masses. He's saying, no, 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 no. You amongst the masses are like a lily among thorns. You are wonderful. You are beautiful. Analogize it to God. God is telling us. He says, no, no, no. You aren't a piece of crap. No, 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 you are my child. You are awesome. You are wonderful. The woman says in verse 3, like an, apricot, like an apricot tree among the trees of the forest, so is my love among young men. I delight to sit, uh, yeah, I delight to sit in his shade, and his fruit is sweet to my taste. He brought me to the banquet hall, and he looked on me with love. Verse 6. <clears throat> May his left hand be under my head and his right arm embrace me. This is in reference to the intimacy in sexual activity. May his left hand be under my head and his right arm embrace me. You don't get more intimate than sexual activity. And so God is wanting for us to be intimate with him. For us uh, to, to, like uh, it says in the word that when a man and a wife married, the two become one. God wants us to allow him into our dwelling place, to take up residence within us so that we can allow him to guide and direct us. You don't get more intimate than somebody inside of you. And so this is what God is saying. Verse 8, listen, my love. Oh, listen, my love is approaching. Look. Here he comes, leaping over mountains, bounding over the hills. My love is like a gazelle or a young stag. See, he is standing behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. My love calls to me. 
So she is very attentive to where her love is. See, as we should be very attentive to where God is working in us and how he's working through us. The man says, arise, my darling, come away, my beautiful one. For now the winter is past. The rain has ended and gone away. The blossoms appear in the countryside. The time of singing has come and the turtle doves cooing is heard in our land. Huh. So this is saying that, okay, the, the darkness of the winter, we're just now entering a uh, winter, but we all know how we feel when spring is like around the corner. And so he's saying, okay, uh, the winter is, the winter is past. The spring is, uh, is in the air. Okay. The blossoms are appearing in the countryside. The time of singing has come. Verse 13 says the fig tree ripens its figs. The blossoming vines give off uh, their fragrance. Arise, my darling, come away, my beautiful one. God is calling to us. He's continuously calling to us. Arise, church. Arise, son and daughter. Come with me. Come with me. He, he's always in the process of wooing us. Come with me. Verse 14. My dove in the clefts of the rock, in the crevices of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. See, God is calling out to us. Let me hear you. Are you out there? Do you hear me? Do you hear me speaking to you? Do you hear me calling out to you? For your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Again, this is the Lord telling us, for you are wonderful in my eyes. Your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Don't hide yourself from me. Verse 15, the woman says, Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, for our vineyards are in bloom. And so this is an indication when, when the woman is uh, displaying extreme wisdom here. She knows that the little foxes can destroy the hen house. Little foxes can destroy relationships. So she's telling her beloved, catch the foxes for us. You know, don't allow these little disturbances and, and obstacles and whatnot to, 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 dera to derail us. Don't allow that. Catch them for us. The little foxes that ruin the vineyards, the little foxes that ruin our relationship or that have the potential to ruin our relationship. Don't let that happen, the woman is saying, for our vineyards are in full bloom. See, the woman says, my love is mine and I am his. He feeds among the lilies. I could change that to say, God is my God and I am his son. And so this is essentially what's being said here. And so we, we are identifying here. We are, we are stating a fact that, you know, <clears throat> you are my God and I am your son. Or she's stating that my love is mine and I am his. She's reaffirming a fact. And we need to reaffirm that within ourselves reference in reference to God. I think that's very critical and very important. We need to continuously remind ourselves who we are in Christ, who we are in his kingdom. We cannot afford to allow ourselves to see ourselves in a manner that's in, inconsistent with how God sees us. We can look at ourselves and we can, and we can uh, hate ourselves. We can disdain ourselves. We can uh, involve ourselves in self-condemnation and, and all sort of things that just tear us down in our own eyes. And that is not who we are. And so we have to remind ourselves how God sees us. 
not how we see ourselves. Now, on the flip side, there are those who see themselves, you know, more highly than they ought, you know, and they allow pride to guide them, pride to determine their, their, uh, their fate. This is on the flip side of that. On the back side of that, where people see themselves as less than they are. And so we have to continuously remind ourselves who we actually are in Christ. And with that, we're going to conclude today. We're going to pick it up in the Song of Songs in chapter 3 tomorrow. Everybody have a blessed day. Bye-bye now.